when the scene in particular I'm thinking of is when Tom Atkins is actually on the phone with his ex-wife telling her like I'll be I'll be home to take the kids trick or treat and we got we still got a couple of days and it's a doctor's <laughs> conference and I'm doing doctor shit as he's given this whole entire spiel there's a fucking six pack of Miller High Life yes. sitting right behind him he is a as drunk he's breaking a date with his children yeah he hangs up he grabs a six pack and just goes trucking out of the car he is I mean he's like the most despicable guy and it's like and I'm telling you, man, when you watch this movie, because I've seen Tom Atkins in several films, this is the one movie, like, you could smell the alcohol on him through oh, dude, the screen. You're just real. like, you're like, man, I bet this guy just smells like four-day-old cigarettes and stale beer. Hi, this is Dee Wallace, and you're listening to Children of the Atoms. Hello, everybody. We're back. Starting the Halloween season this year officially. We uh, oh yes, yes. And I think I don't know if it's just me, but lately, does it feel like the movies we're watching are are just worse? Than, <laughs> yes, than what they have been uh, in a long time. Because damn, man, this was. We're starting off with Halloween three, season of the witch from nineteen eighty two, and <laughs> yeah, like like the normal. You know, podcasters out there, movie reviewers would probably say, "Oh, let's just do a uh, retrospective of like all the Halloweens and then start with like a good one, like 1978's Halloween." No, yeah. we decided to skip to the real winner, which I'm not going to complain. I still have a special place in my heart for this movie, but oh, it's boy. the only one that doesn't actually fit the canon, like it uh, because it doesn't feature Michael Myers or the or the Strodes or anything related to which whatsoever. No, it's completely outside that world. Yeah, so like we were talking about it, and basically like the history of this movie is is that John Carpenter had not envisioned the Halloween movies to be all about Michael Myers. It's just that they turned into a financial success, so they, they kept cranking them out. Whereas what number three was supposed to be is that he and Deborah Hill had seen this as being an anthology series to where it would be different horror movies set on Halloween night. You know, each movie would be its own characters, its own story, and you know. And so on and so forth. So this one, Halloween 3, was supposed to be the first of many that diverged from the usual formula involving Michael Myers and slashing on Halloween night. And for a deluge of reasons, it wildly failed. Because <laughs> this movie is... <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's nonsensical for the, for the most part or if it's just... If it's being just, I don't know, aggressively vague on purpose, because you really like the the movie itself. The, the entire runtime of the film is ninety eight minutes, and you don't exactly find out the bulk of the quote plot until fifteen <laughs> yes. minutes left in the movie. And even then, there's a lot of questions left. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, non nonsensical is that the word you use? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's very much that. This is this is very very crazy. It's it's out of the ballpark when it comes to Halloween because uh, I was going to add on to what you were saying yeah because I believe that Universal was in on this too Universal mm. believed that they could create different stories about <laughs> Halloween every year and hopefully right. like one of those would catch or they could spawn other sequels so they did right. Michael Myers they did a slasher version and this one they do a witchcraft version uh, you know maybe they would do like a you know werewolf something you know like they i think they just were all sitting in a in a, in the, a boardroom just you know throwing shit against the wall and seeing what would stick yeah 
It's crazy between though. massive amounts of caffeine and fucking you know unfiltered cigarettes. I'm sure, but like this movie wasn't it wasn't only just witchcraft. Like there was <laughs> there was androids in it. Oh, this is weird. Yeah, it, it had a really hard sci-fi tilt as well as being like fantasy at the same time. But then it was it. It had, you know, not like a solid cast, but there were alive people in it. So it's just, <laughs> yes. that's something. But man, it's just yeah, they were working actors. About this movie, yeah, they are technically. It, it felt like nothing in this movie was set up to be a success at all. Because it, the star Tom Atkins, most of you would know him as like a, a tornado of surliness and cigarette smoke and maybe a hint of whiskey, and you'd be right. You'd seen him play rough guys in. Any movie in the 80s, basically, uh, Lethal Weapon, he yep. was the uh, the abusive dad in, in the creep show vignettes in the beginning with the comic book. Night of the Creeps. You know, uh, Night of the Creeps, thank you, yeah. Uh, the Fog, yeah. I mean, he, he oh, would God, show he, up. He was in, in The Fog, too. He just Holy shows shit. up in rant. If you if you see Carpenter movies, you probably <laughs> yeah. will see Tom Atkins, either a cameo Escape from or New York. he'll have a role. Yeah. Yes. It, was he in Escape <laughs> from New York? I don't know if he made it into I that I think one, he was. But he was probably it? did. He probably was in there just because it's Carpenter film. Yeah, he was uh, Captain Ream. Oh Jesus, that's oh he was. That's right. I remember that now. <laughs> yeah, yep. He's in the uh, start of the movie. Yeah, very beginning. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, but he's our star, and already he's not <laughs> star in quotes. He's not a likable guy. So you're not really fully with the even before like the the opening credits roll. There's already like not a ding against it, but I'm already not excited. <laughs> About well, the movie whatsoever. Okay, so let's let's, let's kind of get into this. And like, so as you said, they changed the the <laughs> plot right here. So they want to go somewhere totally different oh, when man. it comes to this story. So yeah, you're gonna yeah. basically what the story comes down to is it is a bunch of witches or warlocks, I guess you say, from Ireland who bring a piece of Stonehenge back to the United States. The that Stonehenge rock is infused with magical powers which they use to you know carry out their master plan of killing all the children uh in the world is that yeah is? or or all the children who had a mask and anyone in the vicinity of a mask would be killed as well but okay one thing i don't understand like let's just start off from the very beginning here the way the movie starts out is there's a guy on the run and we're supposed to care about him but they do kind of a poor job setting it up oh yeah to where he's evading a couple of very secretive kind of agent looking agent smith looking guys and as he's running away he gets into an accident he's then dragged into the hospital this is where we're introduced to our hero of the film dr dan chalice played by tom atkins who is already he's instantly surly right off the bat and i thought just from the way he was walking in the mustache that he would be a cop in this movie but no he's a fucking er doctor he's a doctor he yeah which was i i don't understand from jump why he's a doctor? Like they, I guess they had to have an excuse to get him in the hospital. As the guy who was on the run is dying, he he says they're all coming to get us, and he's, he's holding like this really shitty Halloween mask. And then the, the guy dies, and then uh, later that night, someone comes in and murders him like in cold blood, yeah. and then just <laughs> leaves. And as the guy who did the murder and leaves, he gets into a car and sets him sets himself on fire, and just that's the end of that story basically so at that point that's what dr dan takes it upon himself after he meets the daughter of the man who was on the run and murdered in the hospital uh they decide to team up to then solve the crime and all they have to go on basically is the uh is that this guy was a toy merchant of some sort and the last thing he did was go to this town to pick up halloween masks yeah so So that's 
that's where they're off and, and, and running to right from jump. And this makes no sense, near now. So I like I get that they they're, they're trying to set it up. Okay, yep. Once again, we we start off in a very underlit like normal hospital in Haddonfield. Like it's not even in Haddonfield because Haddonfield doesn't really exist. It should exist be Haddonfield because like Carpenter score is just all over it. Like oh my God. Like, it's everywhere. Like, yes. It's everywhere. Yeah. All the keys are but there. But it's like, yeah, it's like every hospital they go to for some reason is like, has like three people working in it and it's like no <laughs> lights are on or anything like that. It's yeah. really strange. I don't know. I've, I've never been to a hospital like that, but yeah. So right. we start off there. Yeah. And he see, we get the mystery here, right? The guy, mm-hmm. this guy comes in, he kills the patient, goes yep. out to his car, like you said, he sets himself on fire, and we just mm-hmm. don't know what the hell happens, right? Right, and then, it's very confusing. And then all of a sudden, here, <laughs> this is where it gets weird, because you, you don't understand, like, what kind of doctor is Tom Atkins playing here? Oh, my God, Because thank you. he goes home, basically, after this, shows up at his house, where he's, like, he apparently he's estranged from his kids, right? I guess they're divorced. That's so, his wife, too, yeah, his, his wife and kids. Yeah. Uh, who interesting was uh, one of the characters in uh, the original Halloween? She's the I saw that. Yeah, she the, was one of the babysitters. Yeah, the babysitter across the street that gets killed. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so he goes home and he brings his kids home the masks, right? And he's like, blah 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 blah. I'm happy to see his kids. Blah blah. blah. He wants to take them trick or treating I mean, all this. stuff. He's happy to a point. He's kind of treating them like their dogs jumping on him. He just puts his arms in the air and he's like, oh, hey kids. But yeah, but like, he, but he's acting it's like, like he'd never been around people before. Like he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> but he's acting like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna be there to take them trick or treating. And then for some reason, he's just like, <laughs> nope, I'm gonna get in a car with this complete stranger I just met last night and go solve a mystery up in Northern California somewhere. Can we talk about this scene in particular? Like when he. When he decides to go solve the mystery with the, and by the way, at this point in the movie, just for some clarification, for those who haven't seen it, Tom Atkins is in his very severe mid forties. Oh yes, and it uh, looks it. And, and and the girl who's his, uh, you know, his Velma basically, she's early twenties in this movie. So already their their age difference is a bit jarring <laughs> to start. But then when the scene in particular I'm thinking of is when Tom Atkins is actually on the phone with his ex wife telling. Her like I'll be I'll be home to take the kids trick or treat and we got we still got a couple of days and it's a doctor's <laughs> yes. conference and I'm doing doctor shit as he's giving this whole entire spiel there's a fucking six pack of Miller High Life yes. sitting right behind him <laughs> he is a as drunk he's breaking a date with his children yeah he hangs up he grabs the six pack and just goes trucking out of the car <laughs> he is I mean he's like the most despicable guy and it's like. And I'm telling you, man, when you watch this movie, because I've seen Tom Atkins in several films, this is the one movie, like, you could smell the alcohol on him through oh, dude, the screen. You're just real. like, you're like, man, I bet this guy just smells like four-day-old cigarettes and stale beer, you know? You just you just know that's what he smells like. Yeah. And man. he dresses like it, too. Man. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, not a doctor. I don't know why they made him a doctor in this film. It makes no sense. I have no clue. So he, he takes this six pack for their long drive up to Northern California or wherever the hell they're going. So they get to this town where uh, the Shamrock. Silver Shamrock. Silver Shamrock. Thank you. It, it, it's one of these really small towns. It's like basically something out of Roadhouse where it's just the one business keeping the whole town alive kind of deal. Everything's so, the Silver Shamrock. All the, all the storefronts kind of look fake. All the you know clerks are behind it. They're all yeah. reporting in to the guy who runs a factory, shit like that. It's all very weird from jump. And this is where the movie kind of like takes more of a it, it gets weird Does for it? several reasons yeah. <laughs> it gets weird for one because it starts leaning a bit into a a sci-fi kind of mystery which you know they're mixing genres a bit it, you know it, it's fine at this point in the movie we're still not really sure what the hell's going on or why but then the movie takes an even weirder turn where on a dime uh tom atkins 
romances this young lady with the surliest like he's just he's so surly and just like a dick but in two seconds they're just they're okay let's let's get into this let's let's talk about this it's such an uncomfortable scene man um yeah yeah boy i'm I'm hesitant to actually talk about this more because it is really cringe worthy but oh fucking a because it makes no sense so our our co-star in this her name is uh stacy nelkin um, I, I don't recognize her from anything. Like she looks like an actress I've seen before, but I, I don't recognize her or, or any of, uh, works on her, uh, her IMDB trivia page. But yeah, like all of a sudden, like she just all of a sudden has the hots for Tom Atkins, you know, they, Out of nowhere. they just have this like weird, like back and forth, like he's like, oh well, you know, oh, where, I think I can sleep on the floor or something like that, or sleep right. in the car. Or I can go sleep in the car. Yeah, and she's like, floor. and she's like, where would you like to sleep, doctor? Right. <laughs> you know? And it's like, what? Then he, I mean, he basically tells her that's a dumb fucking question. It's yes. like, whoa. And then they just the like fuck? go into it, man. Like, just, yeah. Like, and they're just like going at it all night. But yeah. I mean, this is and then, this is, and then, and then there's a scene change to where he comes back to the room and she's like in an outfit for yes. him. Yes. But I mean, it, 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 and me, like, it, mind you, they left Calif- the California hospital they were in with just the clothes they had on their back. Yes. Like they had no pre-planning for this. Yes. All he had to do was to have time to get a sixter. Yeah. They're on the road. And he's wearing those mangy clothes, man. So yeah, he made it a point to say, I guess our clothes can stand one more day. Like he's telling you I'm disgusting already. So this is one of those funny things that I came across when I was researching this movie, man, is like when you, when you hear the interviews that Stacey Nelkin would give, like she was... So excited. Like, she's like, yeah, I read the script. And I was like, oh, man, I was just blown away by this script. I was like, this is the role for me. She's like, I love this character because this character is just an empowered woman. And who doesn't love empowered women? All this kind of stuff, you know? Which mm. I, I support. Yeah, I wholeheartedly. I, I would love characters like that, too. Does, yeah. does this character, the, this Ellie, fit that role? No. <laughs> I, yeah. That wouldn't be the first words that would leave to mind. She is nothing but she just like latches on to this old man and, and just proceeds to like, I don't know, just falls in love with him for something. Like she has like a weird daddy complex. Yeah. And then and then yeah, then they're just banging it out in the uh, hotel room. But but interestingly enough, she gets into more into her in uh, on these interviews, she gets into like this scene in particular, how she had it written into her uh, contract that, you know, there was like no nipples could be shown. So they couldn't show that. So she was mm-hmm. going into like how difficult it was and how many shots they had to do to make this thing, you know, work. Because they could only shoot her from this angle and this well, angle. Why was it even needed, though? It like, wasn't needed. That's that's my point right yeah. there. I was You beat me right to it, man. <laughs> why is it in here? That's like, I don't know. There is no chemistry between these characters. No, and none. It's like all forced. Like, yeah, you don't need it. Like, you could have had it as them just showing up. So, so when I when I see this movie, um, I, I'm taken back to what a, a real classic, a movie that I absolutely love. Uh, 1963's Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Ah, okay. They end up at a hotel, but it's yeah. two people who are not really romantically together, but they're there to investigate what happened to another right. character. So, you know, they're not hooking up. They're not doing anything. They're not doing anything crazy. They're just there to investigate. Why not do that? It just, it makes no sense why they had to like shoehorn this weird, awkward, cringy love scene. And on top of that, they got to show us Tom Atkins' ass. I know, man. Like, why? That was the most egregious like, thing, I think. I was they... like, that was... 
Like, did that's he, too much. Did he work that into his contract, do you think? I don't know. But, man, the, the, the budget on this movie is only $2.5 million. And I could say, without a doubt, they didn't spend it on FX or wardrobe. Because he had the tiniest, like, slacks on the entire film. He's just dad-stuffed into these things. Just oh, we're going to get into like, that a little bit later oh, here, man. too. But the, uh, apparently the costume designer on this set... Um, she had worked on previous ones and she's got some good stories. So now we'll, oh, I'll, really? I'll get to a little more when we get to the point in the movie. Okay. Uh, sorry. So they're at the hotel. They're invest. They want to invest silver. Sham- investigate silver. Sham- okay. Yeah. And, and let's hold the on hotel to that. Is, Okay. Let's, 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 before we really get into where they're going, let's, let's talk about the plot here about what is actually happening here with this company called Silver Shamrock. Because this is where I have all the questions in the world, man. Like, things just go bug nuts here. Yeah, the, the running theme of the movie, they established right away that uh, Silver Shamrock in, in a countdown to Halloween, it's like, you know, eight more days till Halloween, seven more days till Halloween, blah, 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 blah. Silver they have a running Shamrock. commercial. Yeah, they have a running commercial, you know, the very recognizable, you know, you know, I could hear it clear as a bell in my head. And, you know, they're setting up for a thing to where they're really, you know, it's just an onslaught of advertising. You know, kids, you got to get these masks. You got to get these masks, you know, and shit like that. They have all these cool designs. Three, yeah, three and of they, them. Yeah, all three <laughs> of them. Like witch, pumpkin, and uh, skeleton. They're the right? most generic masks in the world, too. Like, yeah. I was around in 1982. I don't necessarily remember going out trick-or-treating, possibly. But I, I'm pretty certain, like, you know, in 82... I think the most popular like costumes were like Star Wars themed because I'm pretty Had certain be, right? I was C-3PO at one of those ages, you know, going out there. I'm sure Yoda was pretty popular. I'm sure, oh, like, sure. people, kids dressing up like Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot of witch pumpkins and skeletons. Yeah, me either. But, but anyway. I mean, maybe if we had had silver shamrock masks, it might have been an entirely different story. Yeah, if we were constantly bombarded on constantly the three on it, the yeah. three networks that were only available on TV at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the running thread throughout this whole movie is that silver shamrock mask, silver shamrock mask, silver shamrock mask. Like the uh, the the last thing that this girl's father had done is like he went to silver shamrock to pick up an order of masks. So obviously that's where they have to go to yeah. to check out. You know what was going on because he was on the run. He was found on the run shortly, you know, or uh, a small way away from there. And that's where he was in the accident. And that's how he ended up with Tom Atkins ER. And you, know, <laughs> you can, you can kind of see the plot maybe starting to come together a bit. Yeah. But what they established very clearly at this hotel is that it's, it's full of out of state vendors coming in to pick up their shit basically. Yep. And this is where we're introduced to another family. Uh, the dad is a salesman and he brought his family along. He's supposed to be uh, receiving an award of some sort for selling the most. Uh, yeah. Maybe like silver the top seller mask. of all the masks. Being the top seller of all the masks. Mind you, it's still three days till Halloween. So why yes. he's not working still like yeah. trying to make that dollar. Well, he's a, he's a top salesman. Why, why does he got to work? Right. I mean, that's what I don't get is like, it's right before Halloween, like in his peak season, why would he just take a couple days off to fucking, you know, to go up there and talk to oh, the boss. There's, there's, there's more questions too here in a minute. Uh, but I, <laughs> but I told you I would bring it up here. So th- this family, this is where yes. the costume designer, apparently, because yes, like I said, she had worked on previous Halloweens. Deborah Hill was really big on, uh, you know, trying to, you know, keep a lot of the same people they worked with that had good relationships with. So they brought the costume, original costume designer back. Like, and she said she was just having a lot of fun, like, especially with these people. If you, if you remember what, what they're wearing, like they were like dressed as the most ugliest, tackiest 
representations of Americans she could come up with. They just, they look horrible in she all their outfits. She nailed it. Yeah, yeah, she just had a great time with it. It's, it's just very, very funny. Yeah, like right off from the, like, right from jump, I'm like, these people are really fucking annoying. Like, yeah, like that's how you feel about like it. Like the kids just jumps off, starts riding his bike around the hotel and shit. Flip, flipping his mom the bird, you yes. know what I mean? But even still, she seemed a bit annoying herself, and it's just like, huh, I don't like anybody in this family yeah. at all. <laughs> so, so everybody's meeting up at this hotel, and uh, it, through the course of the evening. Tom Atkins runs off to do something. He, he uh, seems to be just running around town and then looking for alcohol. Yeah, he, yeah, he ends up drinking with a with a homeless guy who lives in the train yard, and there's that's a really weird exchange they have there. Yeah, but uh, okay, let me just it, stop you. I, I mean, I've I've done a fair amount of drinking in my life, you know, and probably have walked around town with an open container, but not once have I ever been set, like accosted by a homeless person or at least somebody who looks like that and says, "Yeah, you might take a pull off your bottle," <laughs> you know. Yeah. It just, it's so weird. You never had a stranger ask you for a, for a swig of your drink before? Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, I guess he was fishing for information, so I guess right. you know, quid pro quo, right? Yeah. Basically, they should have just named this guy Exposition Dump, because that's exactly what he did. <laughs> yes. he, he told Jaime, he's like, I don't, there's something strange going on with that factor. He's basically, uh, he's the, uh, like the soothsayer from the Friday the 13th movies. Like, yes. those are death curves. Yes, like, he's that curves, guy, yes. but of this fucking movie, yeah. Like that's what he is exactly, uh, you know. And uh, he he tells Tom Atkins like they got cameras and microphones everywhere. But then he proceeds to just talk massive amounts of shit yes. with the very people he's warning Tom Atkins about. And is he is he supposed to be drunk? I don't. I didn't know if he was like supposed to be drunk. I, or I just would didn't say know what he's yes. doing. Or he's just that pissed about the situation. Like, I don't know. He just, he didn't trust the factory and the factory people. And he tried warning them, he said. And, you know, all the usual end of the world type of things those kind of characters say. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll just move on from that one. <laughs> yeah. So as Tom yeah. Atkins is, is, you know, is on his uh, his beer run throughout the town, uh, we're introduced to another character who's a, like a one-off salesman. Like, she's there to... She's there to pick up like like an order and yeah. Her, I think she had a, like a bad order. She was there to complain about something, right? But they ended up giving her like Marge. That yes. was like yeah, Marge. Marge was there to, to get her order straightened out. Well, in her in her preparations for bed, she had shown the one lady Ellie Gimbridge, like that's the the young lady that's with Doctor Tom Atkins. Is that uh, like she she was complaining about the quality of the mask because the silver shamrock logo had popped off. Of this latex yes. mask. So later that night, she's in her hotel room, and as she's rifling through her stuff, she knocks down the silver shamrock logo that's attached to the mask. And on the back of it, which she had apparently had never looked at at all before, even though this thing had fallen off, on the back of it is a microchip. And I know it's been a while since I've actually seen a microchip, so maybe I forgot how they work. But <laughs> as she's as she's literally poking this thing with her finger, it blasts her with just an insane amount of light and power it yeah. basically just like does it destroy most of her head is that was that the it, makeup effect it pretty much fries like her whole mouth and all that stuff yeah. and and then proceeds to like there was like bugs started crawling out of her face or something one bug yeah yeah and then yeah one like big gnarly ass fucking bug came out of her mouth and then crawled up into the top of her head thank you yeah uh so you get the sense that Silver Shamrock really is up to no good. We still don't know why or or when. We just know, like, okay, it's definitely something to do with the mask. Well, they, they show up to, like, clean up the whole situation, too. And this is where we get to meet uh, Con- uh, Connell Cochran, played by Dan O'Hurley, 
Like he's all there to calm the town. Like, oh, don't worry, everybody, we've got this all under control. She's got the best. He, he's the uh, the CEO of yeah. He owns Silver Shamrock. Yeah, Silver Shamrock. He is apparently like the ultimate toy maker, or he's got this well known <laughs> name for toy making and making all these androids and you know really lifelike robotic toys that kids love. Like, yeah, lifelike robotic toys, and the, and this is where that like uh, he has an exchange with Tom, like Tom Atkins and. And, and Ellie, I don't know why I keep calling him Tom Atkins. Doctor Dan, Doctor Dan and Ellie, like they first lie when they get to this hotel to say that they're married. Yeah, because uh, they have to keep up their cover. Um, so I, I forget how it happened, but Dan O'Hurley seemed to mistake them for having a connection to the factory. Was that it, or how did they end I, up at the, at I, the factory? I, I want to say remember. that he was like, "Oh yeah, you're potential buyers and stuff," and you wanted to come up and, and take a look at the process and all that, something like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, so th- through through one way or another, uh, Doctor Dan and Ellie. Uh, no, Ellie doesn't even end up there, right? At the factory, it's just Doctor Dan. No, they both do, I believe. Okay, I think they both. Oh, that's right. okay. The first thing, yeah, they both go for the tour, and then they they find something nefarious or whatever, right? Well, yeah. Because- so here's here's what makes it yes yeah, so like you said they show up at the factory right here I this is another problem I have with this film so okay. as we, we get we t- I talked about a little bit in the plot was you know the, the whole thing would happen on Halloween they want to get rid of all these kids right they're gonna kill all these right. kids off we don't know how they're gonna do it but we know but we don't even find we didn't even find out that they want to kill the kids until the last few minutes like that hasn't even been addressed at all but here's yet. what makes no sense why is this factory still putting out masks. With three days oh, like to three Halloween. Days before Halloween, yeah. yeah, it's like they're still making them, That's like a good and question. by hand, by the way, they're still they're making them all by oh, hand. Oh yeah, There's, dude, like they're showing the whole process, which is you know at least all the FX people get to get to be seen on, yes. on screen for a bit and all that. Like they're literally they're like airbrushing them and you know and like dipping them into the latex and all this stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, so yeah, what are you making all these for? I mean, they're, they're, are they going to get shipped out in the next three days to every store across the United States? Yeah. That's the plan, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then and then yeah like what are you gonna do with the surplus man obviously like, because they're like oh we got to get our orders in for next year i was like what, what next year <laughs> there's not yeah there's there's a lot year. of holes in this plan yes. uh so as they're at the factory during the tour oh that's right uh, ellie found her father's car yeah. but it was guarded by more of the agent smiths so as they get back to the hotel they were trying to they were trying to call the police and Dan couldn't reach an outside line. So then he went to go find a phone and then Ellie is then kidnapped by a bunch of the agents. Yeah. Snacks. She just disappears. Right. And then, then he returns to the factory, right? He, he goes back. No, to the he factory. gets captured. Oh. Dr. Dan gets captured by uh, the agent Smiths and they take him to the factory. Okay. And this is where uh, Dan O'Hurley, his character, Mr. Cochran, takes Dr. Dan into the final processing room uh, that wasn't included as part of the tour the first time. But it's clearly labeled, is, though, final processing, like the door. Right, final <laughs> big red letters, you can't miss it. Yes. So, so this is where we find out, like, uh, early in the movie, there was a throwaway news segment where uh, someone mentions part yes. of Stonehenge was stolen, yes. naturally. So as it, as Dan, Dr. Dan wakes up and uh, Cochran lays out the whole plan for like, him, like like a typical I James guess. Bond villain I mean, very, just, just yeah, very gives James him the Bond-y whole villain. plan yeah. he's like would you like a demonstration of what's going to happen so they take the family that we had met from earlier the, the salesman who was in town with his really annoying family and they put them into a room that's a mock living room and they give the kid a mask and they they have a TV in there so what they do is they play their commercial they're going to air on Halloween night and they're like get ready kids it's our big you know moment put on your mask and get in front of the TV so as Junior puts on his mask, gets a little buddy is what this kid's name was, yeah. right? 
It's like they put the, he puts the mask on, he stands in front of the TV, and then a couple of twitches later, like bugs just start falling out of his mask. Well, right? his his head starts like just like crumbling apart, man. It's like does it, he fall to the ground first? Yeah, he falls to the happens? ground, and like yeah, and like the mask. I mean, okay. So this scene, if you haven't seen this movie, and I, I highly recommend that you just watch this movie, just just see for this how bugness it is. But this yeah. is probably the most crazy, worthwhile, but most disturbing <laughs> things I've ever seen in a horror film. Like it doesn't feel like it fits into this movie. Like how stupid and corny everything is. I don't know how you fit like the death of a kid in this thing, but it's yeah. pretty traumatic how this goes it down. Because yeah. yeah, he falls to the ground. He's like. Once it's all beeping and booping and all that stuff, like he's like grabbing like, his the commercial head. Commercial comes on, yeah. So like there's and something you can tell he's in pain, and then he yeah he falls over, and then all of a sudden yeah you see like these like cockroaches and crickets just all like coming out of the mask and everything, right. and then like snakes are coming out of it, <laughs> and yeah, and, like that song's playing like, the it's whole just fucking playing in the background. Around. The wife is like freaking out, and I, I think she falls over and has like a heart attack or something. And, and then, then the dad does too, right? No, no. The dad actually, it took me a while, like after a while of watching this, like several times, he gets bit by a rattlesnake. That's right. And that's what kills him. Because he's, he's trying to get out. also fell out of the kid. Yes. Like from the mask. Yeah. So he There's gets, a lot of questions. Yeah. He gets bit and then he falls over and, yeah, right. and he's like, yeah, this is all going to happen, you know, across the nation, you know, to every kid who's wearing a mask and watching this, you know, because as it turns out, like he is... Stonehenge is part of a sacrificial circle. Yeah, he's 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 yeah. like I, I guess that what they're trying to say is like okay, we're a part of like the old Celtic religion in in Ireland, or I, I don't know for sure about the history of this, but yeah, I believe the Celts were pagans, and but he said yeah, we used to sacrifice our own children, you know, and that's what we do on on All Hallows Eve, which is really a pagan holiday, you know, right. is a you know the, the cursor the, cur- the precursor to All Saints Day, which would be. Uh, November 1st, I believe. Yep. So, yeah. So he said, yeah, back in the day, our ancestors used to sacrifice kids. So we want to bring that back. So we are going to sacrifice all the kids across the nation because they're all going to sit in front of their TV at nine o'clock, which is in itself is completely ridiculous because it's, it, it, it really doesn't take into account the fact that there's actually like time zones out there. So how are you going right. to get all the kids to sit down at nine o'clock at the same time? <laughs> you know? Right. So it just, it makes no sense, but that's their master plan is to kill off kids by using a microchip that's infused with a piece of Stonehenge rock. Right. Now, at this point in the movie, you might be asking yourself, like, well, why? What purpose? Like, do the, you know, does, does the loss of all that life, does it does it make the, the witch group immortal? Does it make them live forever? Will it bring back their god? Nope. Something like that. Uh, I'm going to say I don't know because yeah, it's, it's never fucking explained. covered in the movie at all. He just like, says, no, all it's... You know is, you know, nice, proper Mr. Dan O'Hurley just wants to take out all the world's children yeah. with Halloween masks. And I mean, it's I, never covered. Why? I guess he's just really good at playing that role as the CEO, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? RoboCop. Yeah, if you've seen this, RoboCop, yeah, he plays the yeah. CEO of OCP, too. But Greatest yeah. role ever as Greg in uh, The Last Starfighter. We all know that. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yes. Yes. God, he was actually Which a hero also, in that one. Uh, another Halloween connection directed by Nick Castle, guy who played The Shape in the first Halloween movie. Ah, nice connection, man. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> That's deep. Bringing it back around, man. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to talk about Last Starfighter one day. Oh, that's, for that's sure. A, that's a good classic. Absolutely. But anyway. So uh, as 
we might have glanced over one part of this movie, like the, the, the more of a sci-fi aspect than what we had expected, is that in Mr. Cochran's, I guess, desire to be the world's best toy manufacturer, they also made androids. So as it turns out, all these eight, uh, Agent Smith-looking dudes running around in the suits and all that, they're all androids. Yeah. Like, a few of them are, are killed or taken out throughout the movie, and they're basically just uh, orange goo with, uh, you know, one wire bundle in the middle. And then, and then that's it. That's how you make an android. So I said that the kid's head falling apart was probably the creepiest part. I, I have to yeah. I have to step back one time on there because there is other some oh. other creepy parts in this film. Uh, it is where Tom Atkins is running through the factory by himself. He's hide, you know, trying to escape from the Agent Smiths, and yeah. he does run into those rooms where there's like androids sitting there and like like the toys, but they're not like the the evil Agent Smith guys. They're just like toys that are built. But they're just like sitting there real quietly, like that. In real life, yeah. kind of freaks me out because, <laughs> like, he's going into like these like dimly lit rooms, you know. And there's like yeah. somebody sitting there. He's like, "Oh, help, help, help me!" And it's like, "Oh, he realizes it's just a robot that sits there and moves." Yep. But yeah, probably doesn't beat this... the kid's face. But I mean, boy, that it, it was still creepy in that sense. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, odd choices in this movie. Um, so. Dr. Dan escapes, and in his escape, he, uh, Mr. Cochran told him that Ellie was tied up somewhere. Yeah. So Dr. Dan then goes uh, android smashing, and he, he rescues Ellie. And as they're getting ready to leave, he figured out how to play the commercial early, but he played it only in an area only, where they... Only inside the factory on their Only inside screens. the factory where the, where the technicians who were making the medallions that would release the druid curse of lasers... Uh, like once again, they have boxes and boxes of these yeah. medallions laying all around, just them. sitting in boxes, waiting to be like yeah. it's three days from Halloween. Like, how yeah. are you going to get all this stuff to everybody? Yeah. So Doctor Dan plays the commercial. He throws a couple more medallions at him as like extra grenades, I guess. And as all the technicians start to die, Mister Cochran somehow knows that his end is near. He looks up at Doctor Dan, who's hiding up in the rafters, actually fucking slow claps him, yes. and then is slowly melted by Stonehenge. By Stonehenge, yeah, because Stonehenge starts blowing blue and right. <laughs> it you. somehow just takes him home part. or something. I don't know. I don't know. His his fate is left. You know, uh, undetermined. Yeah, I, I mean, we assume he's dead. That. We assume he dies. We assume he's dead, yeah. So, uh, after he dies, uh, Dr. Dan and Ellie flee the factory. Like, they're just, they're getting the fuck out of there. Like, you know, everybody's dying left and right. Uh, well, as they're they're driving away, Dr. Dan's like, we gotta stop all these commercials from playing. Well, then it's at that point, he is attacked by Ellie, who is revealed to now be an android. Yes, Okay, and I like this. Okay, this this is a callback to a, a film that I do like. Um, it's it's you know classic seventies Charlton Heston kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. It, very much. Donald this is Sutherland, all. Right? This is all. Yeah. This is all completely lifted from you know that kind of stuff where you know beings come down, they swap people out, pod people, you know and make basically clones of them, evil clones of them. So I, yeah. I did like this. I mean, it was definitely, definitely telegraphed. Because, <laughs> you, know? you know, like Ellie, for the rest of the movie, when she gets rescued, she never says a word. Like, so you know something's up with her. Oh, no shit. Yeah, if you just, you watch it, yeah, you'll notice, like, she doesn't say a word. She just kind of runs along with him. So huh. it's, yeah, you you know something's up with her. Huh. And then, yeah, I and then she just... Say, yeah. And then, yeah, she comes alive, and she's super strength, and then... 
like now I don't remember. He hits her with something, right? And it like tire knocks iron, her, knocks, it? yeah, knocks her head off, right? Knocks and, her head off. Yes. Yeah, and she falls in there, but then her body's still like still going. Yes. And does he get her whole arm off her body too? Yes. Which this one, this is the part that doesn't make sense because it's always like he's all of a sudden because the arms like tries to choke him again. Yep. But how does the arm really work there if it has no leverage like to connect anything? Like how is it applying pressure to him at all? I mean, it, it's got to be part of the the druid space lasers. I guess we so. can blame it on that. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was an amazing animatronics kind of guy, right? So he, he could was. do pretty much anything. So in another twist. Uh, Dr. Dan, as he's fleeing the car accident and the android beatdown, he ends up at the very same uh, filling station where Ellie's dad was murdered that started off this whole thing in, in the first place. Yep. So Dr. Dan runs into to the mechanic uh, that he had seen before and he's like, I, I need your, you know, I need your phone. So, that's, you know, as Dr. Dan, he's calling, he's pleading with the network. I don't <laughs> know how he knows to call or... Was that part of her covers? I no, no. Okay. He's like he says he like I think he calls the operator. Oh my and gosh. like but he's getting somehow to two. Uh, like, I don't at know. Once. Yeah, like two networks at once because yeah, he's talking three, to somebody. But, yeah, but he's like yeah he's like he gets them to take it off the first network and the second worker the second network takes it off. Because you see a kid, the, like a bunch of kids run in at the same time, and they're all in their masks, and they're like... Right, at this gas station out of nowhere, a bunch of trick-or-treaters just yeah. show up. and by the way, yeah. these kids just go up to this guy, this guy who's working there, he's got a TV on, and they start changing the channel on his TV, right. <laughs> just so they can sit there and watch it. Yeah, and he's... So they, they switch it to the one, and like you see the commercial come on, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it goes oh, off. Oh, yeah, please, please stand by. So the kids like change it again, yep. like... They, we assume they go to the CBS station and CBS yep. station takes it off the air. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, the kids turn it to NBC or something. And it's like still on there. And he's like, get, yep, he goes to playing. like the, the famous, I think this is like a, a meme now, right? I mean, yeah, him just saying, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. And then we, we assume like you're left to, to decide, well, did the network actually get it off in time or did, you know, millions of kids die? Along with Doctor Dan, because he was in their vicinity in the uh, in Walter's shop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I. Yeah, I'm, I'm speechless right now. I, I don't know what else to say about this film. That was the whole movie. Like they still never covered why, you know, the, the rituals were needed. Like what reward I guess they got for it or nothing. Like I don't. Or how did they get Stonehenge all the way? That missing chunk of Stonehenge all the way to the United States. Like it's never covered. Actually, I take that back. Like Dan O'Hearley does say a funny line in this thing where he's like, he's like, yeah, you wouldn't believe, you know, how much trouble it was to get that piece here. And you're just hoping like, oh, please just, you could just drop another line and say what you guys did, but nope, they don't want to cover that. Maybe we're going to get that in a future installment. It just never panned out. Yeah, it was another anthology that they were going to put out. Yeah, many boffins died that day. Like yes. that was the hanging thread we never got was yes. how they got Stonehenge. Oh God! I mean, so I think from the plot being confusing, uh, the effects being subpar, <laughs> the writing being a bit lazy, the di- the directing like it was directed. Uh, and, and then a mostly unlikable cast. I gotta say, I don't think I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I was gonna say, what what did you like about this movie? You saying all this stuff? Is there anything you can you can find redeeming about this thing? No, not at all, man. I can't. It was bad. Like it was really bad. Oh, it's bad. I know that. 
I, I will say this. I, I'll, if I give it anything redeeming, the, the musical score to this film is pretty good. I do like <laughs> Carpenter's work in this thing. He's just sitting in a booth on his synth somewhere, just like fucking 90 more minutes. Yeah, I feel like that's all he wanted to do. I, I'll tell you this. Carpenter and whoever it was he worked with on this thing, you know, to do the score, uh, because they're the ones who came up with the uh, the uh, happy, happy Halloween ad. You know, boom, 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 yeah. boom. Yeah, like, boom, 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 I'm telling you, you watch this movie one time, that is going to be stuck in your head for days. And Oh, yeah, it's there. It's firmly cemented. It's he could have, like, sold this thing to an ad agency or, or sold it to some client and made millions off of that. Boy. I mean, it's never too late, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess somebody could lift it now, right? Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Hershey's so, have to buy it or something, right? On a two and a half million dollar budget, this one pulled fourteen million at the box office, which is pretty good for pretty a horror good. movie that no one understood or you know asked for. Yeah, in 1982, I mean that is a tremendous uh, makeup of your funds there. I I give him credit for it. Uh, yeah, but I, I may it might have been though because people did show up and say, yeah, it's it's called Halloween. It's just got the number three on it. Let's go see it because I want to see another slasher. And they probably sat down and watched it and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe how terrible this is. And then word of mouth got around. It's like, oh, you have to see how bad this is. So other people probably went to go see it just for the hell of it. Right. Uh, just for a bit of uh, of comparison, on a $300,000 budget, Halloween 1 pulled in 60 to 70 mil. So Jeez. I'm sure, I'm sure they were hoping for similar box office results. But, I mean, you know. No rejoice was had that day. Yeah, as people said on the on the interviews for this thing, you know, they if they could go back and do it again, they should have just said, you know, we're just going to call this movie Season of the Witch, and that's yeah, it. take off Halloween and just call it that, and then let it go on its own. And it, but but then I noticed too in a couple parts, like it, I guess in it almost felt like a bit of a fuck you is that in two parts in this movie, mm-hmm. two different people are watching actual Halloween 1978 on yep. television in this movie. Yeah. So it's actually yeah, showing you that it is taking place outside right. of the world of Haddonfield. Like this is but a complete two different, different scenes. Universe. They show you, they show you scenes from 1978 Halloween. One of which the second one they they showed, they didn't even bother using uh, a soundtrack for the movie of Season of the Witch. They just turned up the volume on the soundtrack that was playing from the Halloween clip. Oh, yeah, which is a watching. great score, by the way. On that I know. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, I just, I absolutely love that score. I think next time we just got to start with Halloween 1. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Damn. Because, but we, we, we wanted to talk about this, though, because this, this uh, if you've listened to this show in the past, you know that this show has come up before. We, we've talked just bits and pieces about this and saying, oh, yeah, I remember this movie. I, I've wanted to talk about this for a while and just how bug nuts it is because it is fun to go back to. As I said from the start of this thing, <laughs> even though this is a really horrible, horrible film, I will never say that this is the worst in the franchise of Halloween because it, it's absolutely not. Yeah, that's but fair. That, it, that... Is, it is a terrible movie. It's not a good movie, but God, if I don't enjoy every once in a while just watching this, like once every couple of years when Halloween or October rolls around, I'll want to watch it again. It's 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 entertaining enough for me to watch again. Like every year? Uh, well, you know, it, it's tough. <laughs> Maybe once every couple of years. I think for me, the worst one has to be The Curse of Michael Myers, right? Part six, the Paul Rudd one. 
That one's pretty bad. I think anything. That one's beyond bad. Like I think that anything one did... after three is terrible. Ooh. Except, Ooh. And, and stopping at H2O. H2O, it gets a little decent again. but <laughs> gets a, It gets a little bit of a pass. Yeah, there's a little redemption, and then all of a sudden they just like took that out of canon anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's true. So, so. <laughs> Halloween Resurrection isn't even canon anymore, and arguably that's one of the most fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, there's... <clears throat> if you want to talk about the whole series, I mean, honestly, the first one is The Legend, and that's... Yeah. I, I still, to this day, consider that one of my favorite all-time horror films. Oh, agreed. It's, it's just that good. And if yeah. you haven't seen that, please do yourself a favor and go watch that one. Like, I know the, the, we've probably piqued your interest on this one, but I would say if you haven't seen any of them and you want to start somewhere, go back to the 1978 John Carpenter's Halloween and you, will, you won't be sorry. It's so, so good. It's, it's the Our, movie that kicked off the slasher horror like, craze of the 80s. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely uh, it definitely got credit for the American cinema version of that for oh, sure. Oh, one hundred percent. What uh, do you plan on going back? Like I know, Halloween ends is right around the corner, and uh, I, I don't know if that's why we started with the Halloween. Yeah, right. I don't know if that's why we started with the Halloween franchise, but the timing just lines up. Do you feel compelled at all? Uh, sometimes, as new movies come out, we will go back and watch the previous chapters just to kind of see how mm. well it fits in with the overall story. So, do you plan on doing the same for this? Like, are you going to go back and watch Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills before Halloween ends? Or are you just going to go right into Halloween ends? I think, I, I, I would, what, what I would like to do is I would probably <laughs> like to go back at least to 2018's film and watch yeah. that. Because I did really enjoy that one. I think that's an entertaining ride. It had its moments, yeah. That was yes. pretty good. The second one, ugh, it just it just has a weird, weird drop off at the end there. It just gets crazy. And then, yeah, I think what will happen, though, is I'm going to end up just going right into Halloween ends, you know, right That's right, fair. right at the end of it and not go back. But uh, I do have to tell you, some some more leaks occurred with <laughs> descriptions of the film. Oh, You're God. You're not, man. You know, Depending on, there were, there were multiple endings shot and screened, and depending on which ending they go with, you're either going to be mildly annoyed or entirely indifferent. You know, it's in our best interest to make me want to watch this film. You probably shouldn't be talking this because we need to discuss it on the show. So. Oh, and there's a time jump. Did I tell you there's a time jump? Oh, Everybody God. loves time jumps. There's a time jump. Oh. I, why do they have to jump the shark? I mean, just... Why couldn't they just leave it right at the end of 2018? It finished off so perfectly. He burns, like, literally just yeah. burning in hell, basically. Technically, it's uh, not jumping the shark if you never come back down from the last time you did it. That's true. Yeah, you're still so you're still, still jumping the shark. Yeah. Yeah, basically. No, uh, David Gordon Green addressed that. He said that uh, he, he something to the effect of, like, he, he knew people were upset with how Halloween Kills was perceived, but he's like, it was one of those answers where, like, if you guys just hang on, you see part three, it'll it'll be a whole story. And like, this, I, I, I fucking, I totally disagree with that. Like, each, you can have a movie be a chapter and have it be part of a larger story, but that chapter can be complete. Like, you, you yeah. can't write a movie and be like, well, this is only half the movie I wanted to make. You gotta see the next one for sure. It's like, well, fucking just make one movie, man. Like, Yeah, because I'm pretty certain that's probably what the Wachowskis were screaming after right. they made the Matrix and said, "Hold on, it all makes sense in the end." Mm -hmm. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
it's like you, you can do individual chapters of films and you know still have it contribute to a larger part of yeah, the story. Yeah, there's like, nothing wrong with that. Stop like making I said, half a movie. Yeah, I, I understand the drive and the pressure that the studio said, yeah, make this three movies instead of just one. We want to make the money. I <laughs> right. get that. But yeah, you could have made 2018 because mm-hmm. I, still, I, I go back and watch 2018. It is a yeah. self-contained movie. It's good. It's, it's start, it goes and picks up where our characters left off, and mm-hmm. then ends and says, yeah. bam, I finally win as the hero. Yeah. And they just said, nope, that's not good enough. It made too much money. We got to add on to this. So start writing another story. So is it our fault for seeing the movie, basically? It's a double-edged <laughs> sword, right? I did, mean, we, did we call this thunder down upon ourselves? Uh, I guess so. I, God damn you know, it. And now, yes, our penance now is to have to sit through another... What, is ends. it going to be like three three hours or two and a half hours? Oh, boy. What is How long was Kills? It was at least over two hours, because I mean, or if it wasn't, it felt like it. Oh my god, it was only an hour forty-five. Oh, Holy which, shit. That's a long time, though. That's that's still a long time. It felt much longer than that, though. You're right. Very much so. Let's see well, how I long mean, Halloween. Oh yeah, ends is. it's six minutes longer than Kills. Halloween <sighs> ends, so it's just a shade under two hours. Oh, I'm gonna be checking my watch. I know it. <laughs> I know it. I hate shitting on a movie that I haven't seen before, but man. <laughs> it borrows elements of previous Halloween movies that I found not problematic, just very questionable. Which, so, yes, the ones where he's resurrected. You know. Kind of, but how? It, yeah, well, yeah, wait. Just one more week and we'll be able to... Yeah, because I can't wait. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. please, please, by all means, do not spoil this one for me. Oh, don't worry, I won't. I have... I have been, I've kept shockingly quiet about like I, I was like I didn't, like as soon as I read all this stuff I was like oh my I, like, I gotta tell him like nope I'm not gonna say a shit to Brian I want him to go in unspoiled yeah because no I, I know what your thought is is like I have to make sure that Brian watches this thing because we yeah. have to record about it so. if if I tell you half of what I read there's no way you're gonna watch this movie. yeah I am gonna fight to the nail to not watch this but right. uh yeah this I'm telling you. Because I, I love when the season comes around, right? We get to yeah. just talk about horror films. We get to watch horror films. Mm-hmm. This is one I am not looking forward to at all. Yeah. I have no excitement for this. And normally I can get myself jacked up for some of this stuff. Nothing right now. I am just, I, I feel dead inside of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not excited whatsoever. Like all the trailers I see, it's just like, eh, <laughs> you know? Because it's like, you know, you, you got to work some time in, in your schedule and say, okay, I got to devote two hours you know, I gotta, I gotta get the notes out, you know, and start taking notes while I'm watching it. So you gotta, it's a whole like show for me when I do this. I gotta, I gotta Basically. really get working on it. Man, I don't want to do it. It's like feels like work now. I gotta make sure I put my phone in another room, so I'm not tempted to pick it up and just start scrolling yeah. Twitter or something while this shit's. Yeah, on that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, put the phone aside. You don't want to be distracted. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, because you're definitely not going to the theater for this thing, right? You're gonna yeah. stream this, right? I mean, all that candy's not going to crush itself. Yeah, no, I'm seeing this from home. I'm not yeah, going yeah, to the yeah. Good call. Yeah, that's why yeah. I have Peacock. And I, Which yeah. I, I appreciate the release strategy, you know, of them actually giving it to people at home, like, on the week. You know, that's, you know, it is pretty cool, but it's just, it's not a movie, like, I'm excited about. It's not like when Hulu did Prey. It was like, oh, shit, like, that's that's a pretty good fucking movie. I had to pay to yeah. see that in theaters, no problem. I don't know if I'm going to feel that about this one. You're not. I can tell you right now. Yeah. I, and like I said, I hate to be the one who just shits on a movie before I've seen it, but I'm just, if if it's, 
anything like what people were complaining about. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not going to be good because uh, it's going to take a lot for them to, to make up for that second one. <laughs> Buckle up, cowboy. You're in for a run. <laughs> it's almost like they just tried to overcorrect and just like oh, ran yeah. off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That, that might be my whole synopsis it. next week. <laughs> you could. It's like you you already read the plot synopsis that I did. You know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> oh God, help us, man! God help us. I gotta tell you, I did. Okay, previously I, I had toyed with the notion of maybe trying to test out like the the ad based version of HBO Max because we I watch a lot of movies on there and Supergirl is available there. So I sat down to watch Supergirl. Oh God! And I don't know. The last time you had to watch a movie with commercials, but what HBO Max has, has done is like they put if you have the ad based thing, they put commercials right in the middle of the movie, like it's on fucking oh, TBS. They don't do that. Like uh, Peacock will at least I give them credit. Usually for most of the movies, it's like oh if you sit through you know four minutes of commercials, you can right. watch the rest commercial free. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To which made you know the watching of Jurassic Park Dominion not tolerable, but better I guess. <laughs> but uh, so. I don't know if it was just the commercial breaks that did it, but by commercial one, I could not get through more of Supergirl uh, starring Helen Slater. So I immediately upgraded to the commercial free plan. I was like, enough fucking commercial, I'm done. So it's then I hard. Tried to, I tried to sit back down to watch Supergirl, and I don't know if it was already spoiled from having I already know to try to watch I already know it with commercials. But man, it is. I, I still haven't finished it, man. <laughs> yes. I, knew, I still I knew haven't you were finished say that. it. Oh, uh, yes. That is a hard. Hard movie to get through. I'm going on sitting number three, and I'm only like 45 minutes in. And oh, jeez! Because there's there's so many things about this movie to like so far. Like the the flying scenes of Helen Slater as Supergirl flying around are fucking. They're beautiful, dude. It's beautiful shot. Like, <laughs> dude, they, they, they the, the blue still kind of hold up, dude. It holds up, man. It still works for me. Like, I was amazed. I was like, this isn't that bad. But then, like, when the dialogue starts, it's just like it all falls off. Like, it all just drops. <laughs> When you it's get to Faye so Dunaway, yes, it just goes bad. bug nuts. Oh, yeah, I've already seen Faye Dunaway in a couple of scenes, and then Peter O'Toole sloshed his way Yeah, the drunken man that he is, yes. Man, dude. And then, uh, yeah, so you saw all the... Uh, you know, I don't even want to talk about it, because we're going we're gonna to have to have a full discussion <laughs> for some on the reason, the show. asshole Ellis from Die Hard is there, but like, yeah, he's like a yep. handyman. I don't, he's, he's the love interest, yeah. yeah. Which is problematic, like, to say the least, for several reasons, like, in that movie. But, man, yeah, I just... <laughs> So I'm still, we haven't forgot about Supergirl. I'm still working on it. It's just I, take hey, man, I, I, I can't blame you. It's, I've seen that movie several times. I, I do believe the last time I watched it, I did not get through the whole thing. It's, it's a rough watch, oh, man. Oh, man, it, it, it drags. It is. Yeah. God, I hope I'm not giving away too much. Like, please tune into our next show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and then I left almost immediately in a season of The Witch. <laughs> God, you, but you, I, I've said this many times on the show though. You are very, very good at just taking punishment. Like yeah. you, you're, you just like that. You, you're a, you're a masochist or something, man. You just, you, you say, give me more, give me more. Yeah. I, I think I hit my limit. I think we officially found it. <laughs> and maybe, you probably, it was all the, maybe it was all the canon movies oh, before, like we started horror movies, but just, man. just made you numb. Dude. So bad. All that ninjas, right? Yeah. Oh my god! Oh that, Jesus. That is going to come up on some of our future shows here. We, uh, we're still going to keep. Yeah. In case you guys wonder, yeah, we haven't forgotten about canon. We're still got a few I've, more canon films to watch, and I've got so many thoughts, and yet so little. It feels about American Ninja. 
Oh boy, I can't and wait. Michael to talk about Dudikoff. That. Oh my god. Oh, it's there. There's even more to talk about than just him on that movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much. Hmm. They made some choices. Uh, one easy choice, though, that was actually given us this week, thankfully, is that Disney gave us something uh, Halloween-themed that I thoroughly enjoyed. That's Werewolf by Night. They did it as a, uh, mm-hmm. a TV special, which I think they could do a whole lot more of because not every character, I guess, needs a whole series Like if the storytelling is effective enough. like What Werewolf by Night did is in under an hour, they introduced a couple of characters who are vastly important to the multiverse and you know as far as like the more supernatural side of the MCU where they're headed so I was uh I was very pleased with that special what'd you think I enjoyed it it was really good um throwback to the old universal monster films which I absolutely love if you you haven't watched those do yourself a favor I think they're on HBO right now they Go are. back and just watch Frankenstein, Dracula, you know, Thing from the Black Lagoon. They're really good movies, really entertaining. Class, it, it, it's filmed in classic black and white, which classic I think, black and white, except, which I think was really clever for a couple of reasons. Is that there was you would think it's something with monsters, it, it being in the MCU, there wouldn't be that much blood. Uh, not the case. There was a lot of blood in this, but because it was black and white, they danced right around. Like any kind of a restriction whatsoever, because there's one part where a guy loses an arm and yeah. he is just bleeding every goddamn where. Dude, I mean, what was really cool is is like most of the effects in this thing were all practical. Yes, like they wanted it. they wanted to maintain that classic kind of horror aesthetic of like you know going back to the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Yep. So I I just it was just fun because me as like somebody who appreciates film, like it's really fun to kind of watch it. Even like going to even minutely as. Uh, you know, details as the font in the titles that they use and all that yeah. stuff. It's all just so classic. I just absolutely love it. And it just sets up this, like, it just goes right into this whole thing of just this weird mystery of what the hell is going on. Because, yeah, I know nothing or, or at least very little about the MCO world as it, as it pertains to horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, like, aware of, like, the EC comics and all that stuff, which I believe are completely different you know those are just horror, yeah, horror comics they did like yep. tales from the crypt you know, you know those yep. kind of things like that so but i w- i'm not aware of it i'm only aware of this because i know that yeah blade is a marvel uh character yep um i i didn't even know that man thing was considered to be a He's- monster he is. He's very much uh, involved in the multiverse stuff because he's, he's the guardian of the nexus of the multiverse. Yes, I knew that part because that's what I saw. So I saw him when he, when he shows up in this episode or this, mm-hmm. I guess it's not even an episode, right? It's just a movie. Their special um, presentation. Yeah. But I like when I saw him, I was like, oh, I, I recognize him. I've seen him on different things uh, in you know, as the uh, Marvel MCU, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has actually kind of slowly shown him i think i think we first got a real look at him in thor ragnarok didn't we he was one yeah of the, he was uh, one of the statues, the statues on, uh, on, on the collectors yeah. yeah he was a collector's champion because yeah. the only thing else the only other thing i know man thing from is from that really god-awful sci-fi movie hey, yo, in, yep. from the 90s which is just i if there's ever a movie i would not recommend it'll be that one because it is awful yeah, that's fair it is terrible i really liked uh gail bernal as jack russell like the the werewolf by night I think he was pretty good in this. I'd only ever seen him in uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Old, which was not an easy watch. So I was very pleased <laughs> to, it. you know, to see him like in this, like where you know he had more to do. 
Yeah, I think the cast, like the whole cast in general, is really good in this. It's filled with very interesting characters. Even Scottish Donald Gibbs. God. I, <laughs> I mean, there, dude, I'm, I, I swear to God, dude. I mean, there were, like, when, uh, yeah, which, what's, the, did you not think that was Kurt Russell who showed up in there? A bit, just yeah. in the hair. Yeah. yeah, I thought, even in the face. Yeah. Because I thought that, that was Kurt Russell and because uh, I, I really thought what they were doing is recycling like old Marvel characters because I also uh, could have sworn that uh, Verusa. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God, now her, her name's escaping me. Um, but she played in Captain Marvel. She was like the, the artificial intelligence. Um no, that's uh, Annette, Benning. Annette Benning. Yes, I thought that was Annette Benning for a minute too. I was like, are they recycling all these characters? Because what was cool about the, you know, when I was talking about the titles, they don't go into like who's starring in this thing. It's just, this yep. is Marvel's Presents Werewolf by Night, you know, and then it goes right into it. And I was just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, is that them? And it, I had to go back and look at their IMD, uh, IMDB profiles and said, oh God, these are characters I don't really know, but man, they are a lot of fun to watch. Right. And they do a good job of establishing it right away, like, you know, so the Bloodstones are an ancient family who are, are monster hunters, so the Bloodstone they use can identify monsters quickly, and it's a weapon used against them, So, and they introduce, like, you know, just the theory of, like, while there are Avengers, the monsters have always been here, whether or not you've been aware of them, so, like, I love the way they set up the whole thing, and if Bailey, if you had missed that opening explanation where they showed the Avengers and then moved right to the monsters, you would have no fucking idea this related to the MCU whatsoever, no, which I, 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 I kind of liked. Like, I love the fact it was all in black and white, and then it, we don't get color till the very end when they play uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, the like rainbow. his credits are almost just, rolling and all the color. Once again, it's just a callback to The Wizard of Oz, another classic yeah. film of the 50s. Yeah. I just absolutely love the aesthetic they use in this thing. Did you notice the cigarette burns at random points too? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and yes, and they even made <laughs> made it look like it was shot on film. Yeah, you know, on thirty five millimeter, so you could see it. They scratched it up a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the art direction in this thing is just is brilliant. Yeah, I just yeah. I love it. If you're a fan of old cinema, like you're definitely gonna feel some something special about. Yes, that. like I said, yeah, watch those old classic Universal films, and then watch this, you know, and you'll be like, oh yeah, things look a little cleaner here, but it's still got that feel to it. It just it makes you feel good, you know? Yeah, like you want to sit up and turn the lights off and you know get scared again as a kid. I did. I watched it twice. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's well worth it. It's yeah. Okay, so let me get let's get into this a little bit then. So yeah, we they bring together all these uh, these master hunters, right? The secret yep. society because Ulysses Bloodstone is mm-hmm. that his name? He yep. he apparently dies, yes. and he's gonna pass along the Bloodstone. Which yep. On a side note, once again, Marvel does it have to be another stone? <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's from the comics, so I, I think for the MCU purpose, they're like, I just make it a stone. I mean, how many stones are in the Marvel Cinematic? There's a lot. The Is there? There okay. are a lot. <laughs> okay, I'll just I won't even worry about it then. So yeah. yeah. So he's going to pass this along, but this, so this is like a rite of passage. So everybody's yeah. going to get sent out into this giant maze, and you've got to go kill this unknown monster, which turns out to be Man Thing. Yep. And the first one to, who who succeeds gets to hold the Bloodstone and. Gets to use all its power and all that kind of stuff, like Doctor Strange with a Time Stone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I can, I like the setup of that. It's very simple. It's not over overly complicated. 
Yep. You don't you don't even really get to know a whole lot about the, all the hunters. All you just get to know is, yeah, this person had this many monsters killed. This person had this many monsters killed, and they just go around the film or room, and then then the last guy's like, oh yeah, this this guy who who be, turns out to be our protagonist, Jack says, Russell. Yeah, you have a hundred killed, and everybody's like, oh my god, yeah, this this guy's truly a master. But he he looks like he's nothing. Like he's a buck ten, you know, doesn't look intimidating at all. Just, yeah, a wonderful setup to this whole story. Yeah. And then we just get into it because then uh, Ulysses Bloodstone's daughter, a strange daughter, I should say, shows up and she's there to claim her birthright of, of the birthstone as well. Yeah. And it's very, it's very clear, like, right for jump, as soon as they get in, Jack Russell's the first one put into the maze. He very quickly runs into Elsa and almost just says, like, let's just, you know... Let's leave each other alone because the rules are like once they get into the maze, they can kill each other and the yeah. monster. So every every man for themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's everyone's all fair about game in this. Yeah. So if you come across any other creature in that maze, murder, I guess is is what you're supposed to do. So Jack Russell comes upon Elsa first, and he's just like, let's just go our separate ways. And then they're attacked. He takes off, and she uh, dispatches of, of one hunter by running away. And then she actually kills another one a couple seconds later. So it's established pretty upfront that Elsa might not be a full hunter, like a full-time hunter, like the rest of these people, but she's quite dangerous and it could very easily handle herself in this monster world. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we learned fairly early that, yeah, she's, she's there for a whole other reason. She wants to, be rid of the family name. She says, I'm just going to get the bloodstone and walk away with it. And you know, to hell with your secret society of monster killers. I'm not continuing this. Right. That's what she wants. You know, for our protagonist though, we don't know what his motives are here. We assume that he's just there for the bloodstone and that's it. Turns out we, as we learned early when he gets that first run in, that yeah, he's not he's not there to fight Elsie. He doesn't want to do anything, and she is very surprised by that. She's like, "What do you mean?" And right. then that's when they're jumped by, you know, Ho- Hoven Kurt, is that his name? Maybe uh, Kurt Russell guy. Yeah, yeah Kurt Russell. Sure. That's what that's what yeah. I call him. Like he looked exactly like Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. So, yeah, so then, as Elsa is dealing with all this, we check back in with Jack, who, as he's rounding a corner, is grabbed by a monstrous arm, and you know, you think, "Oh my God, he's fucked," but then yep. he starts smiling and hugging. It turns out. It, the, the monster in question for those who are who are aware of the comics, it's Man Thing, and for those who aren't aware of the comics, you probably have a lot of questions. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yes. Yeah. What's Swamp Thing doing here? I like, was very proud of myself because right away, even though, even though you could only see his his eyes and a little bit of his face through those brushes, yeah. I was like, "That's Man Thing." I was like, "I know Man Thing." Yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh, I was, shit, he's here. Yeah, I was very proud of myself for that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good badge to have. It's like, fuck yeah, I knew who that was. <laughs> so uh, it's established that Jack is there to rescue Man Thing, and they kind of they have like a like like a, a really good buddy relationship. Whereas like you know it's, it's always you rescuing me. Like no, I'm the one rescuing you. Like yeah. they they have a very Han and Chewy kind of very uh, much. I was thinking the same thing when I watched it. Just and you get it even more at the end of this thing. Yeah, you do. Uh, they have a very fun relationship. Like, it's easy to invest in those two. It's like, okay, I want to see this work out because, you know, it's like Groot and Rocket, you know. Yes. You, you know the dynamic already. You just love them because they're so nice. Right. Like, these are not, like, you know somehow they're going to turn a little bit, but 
when they're they're just they they have great little banter between each other, and you just know like these are the the victims here. These are the right. ones who are really are being hunted for no reason, mm-hmm. and everybody else around us is the bad guys. Yep. So then, the, through a couple of random moves, uh, Jack and Elsa end up trapped together in a mausoleum. They have a very they have a conversation where Jack convinces her he's not there for the stone. He just wants to get his friend and get the hell out of there. Uh, so they then escape the mausoleum. Uh, Elsa helps Jack free Ted slash Manthing from the maze. Ted, yes. But and as Manthing is escaping, Elsa retrieves the bloodstone from his back. And at this point, Jack goes to retrieve the bloodstone for her, and he's blasted away. And all the un- other hunters show up, and so does uh, Elsa's mom. And she then determines like the only way that could affect you is if you're a monster. So yep. smash cut in. We're in a cage. And Ilsa's visibly upset because she knows she's about to be destroyed by whatever monster Jack is. Uh, and before they come in, Ilsa establishes really quick part of the Bloodstone's power is that it can basically make any monster show themselves. Like, yeah. Jack is like, don't worry, we have five more days till the full moon, we're going to be fine. She's like, yeah, it can change you in five seconds. And so he goes to this whole deal where he starts smelling her to be able to scent identify her, basically, like when he turns into a dog man so that he doesn't attack her. <laughs> it's all that and yeah he says maintain eye contact which right I, I don't know how that was supposed to work is it like maintain eye contact while he's changing or I don't when, know they never established looking? that yeah. it's just it, it's it's one of the rules so you know gremlins fucking don't eat past midnight there you go yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> so as you can imagine then Jack escapes the cage and, and takes out all all the goons and the guards and the other hunters and things like that Elsa also gets out and helps him defeat the, the evil she retrieves the bloodstone and she has a moment with jack to where he leaps at her and it's like he's getting her to attack and he's gonna wolf out on her and he's you know oh my god she's dead but he recognizes her like the like the set yeah. identification worked and then he just flees like he just he runs and he gets through a door and he's outside and he's gone well, as Elsa is then kind of getting her, her shit back together, she gets ready to get up and she's getting ready to leave. Her mom attacks her with a gun. She's getting ready to kill her. She's tired of her shit. Like, you could die with your father kind of thing. Manthing comes back in and saves Elsa. They have a, they have a fun kind of Leia, Chewie exchange, and and that's it. Yeah, uh, like, Manthing, he went that way. Yeah, yeah Manthing goes off. Uh, he picks up Ted's clothes on the way out, <laughs> I noticed. Uh, well, he, and, not his clothes. He, he just picks up a, a uh, one of the... Uh, uh, robes, the capes that was all, the, all oh, the members okay. wear. Yeah, because he's wearing one of those things at the end. He, right, just needed, okay. he knew he was going to be naked, so he had to have right. something to wear. So he so. needs something to wear, yeah. So then we get somewhere on the rainbow, the film comes back to color, we see everything looks like, and then we catch back up. We're in the swamp with Man-Thing and Jack. They have a nice little banter, and Jack seems kind of surprised that Elsa's still alive, but pleased, and, you know live to fight another day so it's obviously setting something up you know yes the, the future movies because i know we got blade coming back to the mcu yep um so obviously i think the man thing is gonna be in there somewhere um god does man thing get his own film who knows i think it, it if at all possible we'll get another special presentation like maybe a man thing one or like a further adventures of werewolf by night two or some shit like that but at some point they're gonna do Ghost Rider has to be coming back, which means Doctor Strange has to be getting involved with the Supernaturals. You know, we could be getting, like, the Midnight Suns or, you know, the, like, the Dark Avengers. They're basically uh, Supernatural Avengers. I mean, shit like that. There's, yeah. there's any way they could really go. Like The jury is still out for me on all this kind of stuff. Like, I really like what they did exciting. here. 
I think yeah. this is very entertaining um, because it's just kind of you know scratching me where I itch with with something I would love to see. Um, but do I want a whole series devoted to this where I'm going to have to go through and learn all these new characters and then they're going to go out and team up and fight together? I don't know if I'm going to want that yet. I, I have to give that time and actually see how it goes. Oh, it's coming. Oh, I know it's coming. Yeah. That's <laughs> just say. It's like, is it going to be successful enough to get me to go see this kind of stuff in the theater? That's Maybe the big the team up might be a theater, but I don't think. I, I think it'd be, it'd be a wise decision if they just kept it on Disney Plus. I would agree with you. Like, if anything, just to keep subscribers coming and content going. But, like, if you had just a, a Disney Plus exclusive only franchise, like, maybe they could show up in the larger movies like Secret Wars, things like that. But have it be sort of like what what the Netflix Defenders failed at is the Disney Plus, you know, Supernatural Avengers could do. Yeah. You, know, you already got Moon Knight. You got Agatha Harkness, who's kind of like a, yeah, that's a villain, right. but could play the Loki role. Loki could be involved. You got Doctor Strange, Blade. Scarlet got, Witch uh, is still there. Yeah, Jon Snow and, you know... Oh, yeah, that character, too. Character I forgot too. about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, all that. So, you know, the foundation's laid. But the most important piece that is missing that has yet to be identified is definitely Ghost Rider. As soon as they announce a Ghost Rider, you better believe the Supernatural Avengers are rolling. Especially if, you know, Keanu gets his way and he does it or something. Well, wasn't Ghost Rider a part of, like, the Avengers at one point? I mean... Yes and no. Or like, like the, the West Coast Avengers. Who's the, the, they, they've all they've all had their turn in the show. Okay. <laughs> kind of thing. I, I mean, uh, if if they want to get me excited, like they'd have to bring Nick Cage back for Ghost Rider. Just just bring him back, or at least you know, have a cameo. I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset about seeing him back. Maybe like in Secret Wars, where he's one of the multiversal ones that shows up. Yeah. And, or plays know. Satan. You know. Yeah. I would I would go with that. Oh man. Yeah, that's a hmm, that's a tough cast actually. That's a real tough cast because like, so this Jack Russell, you know, this yeah. wolf, werewolf, he's actual character in the in the the comics as well. Yes, because <laughs> he's he's kind of like uh, I don't I don't know. He's like kind of one note. I mean, he, he reminds me more of an X Men, and I, I I say that because I also believe when I was watching this film that they probably just went into the old costumes of X Men. Uh, the X-Men films Beast. and just said beast. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just make sure it's all in black and white. So you can't see the blue. Yeah. <laughs> it, Cause it looked exactly <laughs> like that costume. I, I, it brings up a good point. I'm curious to see what it looks like in color. Yeah. To me, I think it's just like black or Brown, but yeah. Well, my, my kid brought that up. Like she didn't think it was scary enough. The wolf. And I was like, well, I was like, they probably don't want to make it too scary. Cause it still has to be on a t-shirt, but it is, it's more human than what his comic book counterpart was, but that just has to be because of the scare factor, right? Like they can't have a, a giant wolf as a hero. Yeah. And I think because it's all practical effects too. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're going to put somebody in a costume that looks like half man and half beast. Right. So I would say that because practical or not, I mean, I don't know about that, but I, one thing I love, one effect that I did love is when he's going through his transformation and you see the strobe lights and it's kind of like that stuff you would see in the haunted house at Disney or something where you're just seeing like these shadows of this creature developing. It was really cool. It's another thing that's very old horror movie. It's a, it's the things you don't see that scare you the most. Like, yes, that's why they yes. don't show the transformation. We just see like the, the strobe light effect and his shadow bouncing across Elsa. As she's trying to control her shit because a werewolf is transforming right in front of her. Yeah. They're sticking with that art aesthetic of, you know, it's still classic 
thirties, forties, and fifties, and that's what we want to stick yeah. with. And I just can't give enough credit enough for it. I just absolutely love it because I love that genre of film, you know, the horror films of that time, those old B and C movie, you know, horror films that you'd go to the drive-in for. Those yep. are just—it's classic. I love it. Yeah, and people really seem to to be enjoying the special so far, which I think, if anything, should spur them to get the of the script the, the pre-production issues on blade figured out like you know find a director let's nail down this script. Like, let's get going already especially yeah. Mar- with Mahershala ali already as blade it's like let let's go man yeah you wonder Holy if shit. he's gonna get just tired of it and just back out already oh so i I'm fucking hope not that'd be a real disappointment because it's not like terrific. that guy doesn't have a thousand people knocking his door oh, saying hey sure. come be a part of my project you know yeah for sure I mean, the guy's an amazing actor absolutely I, I want to see him as Blade. Like they need, they need to figure this fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't need to see Wesley back in the fangs. So let's, yeah, let's get somebody else here. I really wonder, like, because Secret Wars is just going to be ridiculous. Like, how many, how much are they going to? Where they just pull in like whatever characters like they want. Like, especially with Jackman comes back as Deadpool or as Wolverine now. Deadpool. Like, what? Hmm. Yeah, we that barely talked about feels, that. Yeah, that's yeah. That's that's news in itself. I mean, I I think it, the the limit is going to be what they want to pay for it. True, because um, it's it's not cheap to get all those people back and coordinate their schedules and do all that stuff to make them want to participate. So you're gonna you're gonna have to pick and choose. You yeah. know, do I would I pay this much to get Robert Downey to show up one day? <laughs> yeah, I, right. it's, you're gonna find out. You know, who wants to be in the films and who doesn't, and how popular these things even are in three years. Yeah, that's the other thing because like, we've definitely talked about that on pre- previous shows. Um, yeah, go back and listen to those episodes if you want to know my opinion. But basically, it's they're they're losing me right now. I can say that I am not the fatigue setting in. Yeah, phase one, two, and three, I was dead set. I was just gung ho about this thing because I wanted to see how this thing ended. But right now, it with this multiverse crap, it is. I'm questioning the whole thing. Not to say I'm not enjoying the, some of the films they put out. Right. It's just, I am, yeah, I think you said that the fatigue is fitting in, is setting in now and saying, now you guys want me to watch all this other crap. And it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. It is. So we'll see. We're getting there. Yeah, I'll be there to still give you my opinion, <laughs> good or bad. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, it gets harder, you know, every time we watch it, though. Yeah, I really enjoyed Werewolf by Night, though. It was absolutely terrific. So it, it was a nice way to recover from Season of the Witch. Oh, man, so much better. Yeah, because it was like, it was horror enough to say, yeah, this is horror. Yep. But so much fun. Yep. Still, it, this movie made me kind of like a little rejuvenated in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. It's like, okay, like if you could do something like this and not overwhelm me with two and a half hour movies. Mm-hmm like you know eternals or something like that i would be fine with this i could sit down for 50 minutes and watch a show like this a one-off show yeah all i need that's all you need to do just to introduce me to some characters and i'll I'll run with it i don't need you know four werewolf movies to know the backstory of jack russell you know yeah that had been a bit much no i thought this one was perfect they absolutely nailed every aspect of this special yeah so i hope that they i hope they Continue that trend. I hope they stick with that aesthetic. Yeah, me too. Because that, I can tell you right now, because of what I love, that'll keep me coming back. Yeah, I will sure. absolutely go back and watch it if you guys can just keep it creative and fun like that instead yeah. of trying to make it 
you know, a, a comic book movie. That's what I don't want. I don't need a comic book movie. Give me something that I can relate to. Because I, I will relate much more to a classic horror film than I will a comic book. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's stick to the horror genre, and maybe maybe get a we'll pick a better one for, the, for this next one. <laughs> do you do you want to be in charge again of picking them? something that's a little more enjoyable? No, we'll we'll put our heads together and see what we come up with. But let, yeah. let's do something fun. Yeah, I think I I feel like we should treat ourselves with a, with a a horror film out there. So, and the beauty of it being this time of year, there's no shortage. Right. Depending on the number of streaming services you have, right? That you know you can just pick, yeah, what you want to watch. I mean, and don't forget too, we, we got Halloween ends in a couple of days. So. <sighs> yeah, I'm 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 gonna want either something in between that or yep. a palate cleanser at the end of that thing. I'm with you there. I'm I'm good either way. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But anyway, let's get out of here. We got a lot of shit to watch. Everybody, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. One does not simply walk into Mordor, dig it. <laughs>